Hey fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either, so head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. the Go Blue Crew. Hey there everyone, welcome to episode 106 of the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler, the other guy is Derek, and we're going to talk about Michigan-Ohio State, uh, even though I think it's the last thing we want to talk about, but it's important to talk about because as so many people have brought up since that game, and, and you know, that being the second time in a row that Ohio State has just absolutely handed it to Michigan, there is a pretty serious talent disparity. And, you know, we can talk about recruiting, coaching, um, you know, th- th- there's a whole list of, of things that contribute to that. But uh, I think that's the basis of the problem. And a lot of people are talking about that now. So I was curious, uh, Derek, where where you uh, thought the conversation should have gone after the game or, you know, was this where the conversation should go? So honestly, I think that we should control all conversation that happens after every game. I think that everyone should kind of wait to hear our thoughts on this podcast and then go about their day. What uh, an excellent idea, yeah. So yeah. That, that's my first thought. But, you know, we, we kind of chatted last week about where we'd be at, um, whether it was 30 minutes before the game, how we'd be feeling um, if Michigan goes up. Uh, I think going up 6 nothing compared to 7 nothing actually did have an effect on me. Like I was kind of already felt that first bit of disappointment. It felt like one of uh, what could have been many mistakes and what turned into many mistakes that the Wolverines made. And so I think the first thing, though, that I had to really kind of sit back and reflect on is that was kind of expected. Uh, I think we both expected Ohio State to win. What I will say is we both maybe expected it to be a little closer. Uh, but as soon as the game got away from Michigan, which kind of happened early on, uh, you could just sense that, like, wow, like the Buckeyes could literally score 70 points, and you just got to hope that the Michigan defense turns it on enough to keep from getting blown out. And at the end of the day, it's at the end of the day, it's still a very tough loss and a beatdown. But I guess what you say about the talent gap, that's kind of what I started to reflect on. And the one thing that um, was impossible to um, to not think about was the fact that at one point, I don't think after the game because Chase Young was pretty quiet, but at one point there was a graphic that showed three out of the five Heisman candidates as Ohio State players. So if that doesn't say enough right there, I mean, that will tell you the difference between how Ohio State is playing this year and how Michigan is playing this year. Yeah, without like a really deep analysis of, of position groups, I think you could just look at the differences between Michigan, Ohio State, and see, okay, Ohio State has the advantage at quarterback, running back, offensive line, um, probably defensive line. Yeah. Um, maybe somewhere else in the defense, but, but, but like those position groups stand out right away where there's a, a talent gap. And I thought it was interesting that Jim Harbaugh sort of brushed off that question, which got this whole conversation going for the rest of us and in a way i'm thinking like uh 
what what else do you expect the head coach to do in that situation? Do you expect him to be like, yeah, their players are better than ours and that's why they win? No, of course not. But you know that that's something he's got to be thinking about. Like Michigan's recruiting classes have been good under Jim Harbaugh, but not up to the level of Ohio State. And that's been the case for 10 plus years now. And it shows in the results of this game. And of course, you don't need the best recruits and the best players to win. But what consistently happens is the best recruits and the best players go to teams and then those teams win. And so, you know, some people may want to downplay recruiting rankings. I think uh, recruiting recruiting rankings are what they are for a reason. You see Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, and so on up there at the top all the time because they are the best teams and that's where the best players want to go play. And so in a way, this sort of feeds itself. Like Michigan struggles to beat Ohio State. So where are the best players going to go? They're most likely going to pick Ohio State over Michigan. And then, or excuse me, and then Ohio State will continue to be Michigan. And that cycle just feeds itself over and over again until someday Michigan is going to have to figure out a way to win with not as much talent. Not bad, not, not bad talent, just not as much talent, you know? Yeah. And one of the things, too, is you look at the recruiting rankings, you look at um, the NFL draft stats where Ohio State players have gone in the first round. And if you're looking for exact numbers, I did not come prepared with those you can find them basically in every outlet right now if you want to look at the specifics but um, Ohio State has better recruits and they are sending more people to the draft and higher selections in the draft and so from the start of their career at Ohio State to the end of it I mean Ohio State players have just historically especially in the last decade been um, higher performing football players now there's a lot that goes into that Um, Obviously, you get a coaching change uh, three times uh, with Michigan within that time period. And there's a I mean, there's just a lot of things to consider. But the gap seems to be really apparent. Uh, I saw something today, too, about, you know, well, how does a team like Iowa or Purdue dismantle the Buckeyes? And the comment was those teams sneak up on the Buckeyes. Michigan will never sneak up on Ohio State. It's a game that they're always prepared for. The narrative I do want to see change, though, is the fact that Ohio State cares more. Now, I do think that there are some things um, that maybe could point and lean that way, but I, I, I hate when the press is asking Jim Harbaugh about, is it just like Ohio State cares more, or it seems like they put more into this, or they're more willing to talk about how they're already preparing for next year's, or this is a game that we've thought about all year. That seemed to be more of a problem with Harbaugh, I think, two years ago. Uh, maybe even three years ago, where it was just kind of like, you know, our most important game is the next one. He really tried to stay away from that. I think this year, uh, last year with the Revenge Tour, I think there was a little bit more of the players putting a focus on the major games. I think this year in particular, he put more of a focus on the the rivalry games than he had in years past. But I don't think it is a Ohio State cares more. I mean, I can... Uh, say pretty confidently that Jim Harbaugh obviously really cares about that game. I would say every player in the locker room cares about that game. I just think that's an easy excuse uh, when really the reality is Ohio State has just had better players, and we can say that in the position we're in. But, yes, I don't blame Jim Harbaugh for saying, like, hey, you know what, they're more talented or um, they uh, have more athletes or they have more stars. Um, He can say they played better. Uh, Sometimes he'll even say something about they were better prepared. Uh, and he might even say something that he was outcoached. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think it's a matter of who cares more. I think it's literally just the fact that Ohio State is more talented 
and for the last 20 years has been the better team. You know, speaking of the revenge tour, that interview with Urban Meyer that I brought up, I think last week, and uh, I, I was saying that, you know, I was really impressed with just the way he talked about the rivalry. He brought that up in that interview and said he couldn't believe that Michigan players would lump in Ohio State with like Wisconsin and Penn State and Michigan State because Ohio State is above them. Like this rivalry transcends everything else that's going on in Michigan schedule and Ohio State's schedule. And I thought that was a really interesting point because as we um, talk a little bit about the the level of care from each side, I, it's impossible to distinguish that without knowing exactly what coaches are saying throughout the season and the off season. You know, are they dedicating a portion of, of practice every week to getting ready for Ohio State? I don't know, but we can't sit here and say that they they aren't as invested as Ohio State. What we can say is Jim Harbaugh talks about the rivalry different than what Urban Meyer did. And it looks like what Ryan Day will, even though, you know, he's only been here uh, one season as the head coach. Jim Harbaugh seems to make it a little more personal. He's, you know, he talks about playing in the rivalry and like uh, growing up with his dad coaching at Michigan. And with with Urban Meyer and, and with um, Ryan Day now, it seems more like a program-wide, you know, you will be judged on what you do against Michigan. You'll come back to Ohio State and you won't talk about a championship you won or if your record was 11-1 and or 10-2. and You'll talk about, you know, my name is so-and-so and I was three and one against Michigan or whatever it is. That's what people care about. That's what your legacy will be. So they do talk about the rivalry differently, but I can't sit here and say, and nobody can sit here and say that um, one side cares more than the other. We're just not in a position to know that. Yeah. And I think that's my problem with it and why, uh, why I struggle when that gets brought up is, I mean, it's never going to say Michigan loses the next 10 years. You can always say that they didn't care enough or Ohio State cares more. I mean, the team that loses is never going to be in the position or identified as the team that cares more, right? Like it's always going to be the team that won, at least until the flipped is not only um, flipped, like completely flipped. Like Michigan can't just win one game and then lose the nine after that. I mean, they'd have to dominate for the next 10 years or at least a five to 10 year period for maybe someone to say, wow, Michigan finally cares more about this. But you're never going to to get the narrative of the Wolverines care more when they're not beating the Buckeyes because it's just kind of like an easy, like, well, Ohio State puts more into this. And I will also say it's probably easier to put more into it again when um, I think, what, it's one one win um, in the last, what, 10 years or whatever it is now. I think, I think Ohio State won 10 out of 11 before Harbaugh as well. And so it's a little bit easier to, to be invested in a different way, talk about it differently. I mean, at this point, it'd be almost be embarrassing to be the Ohio State team that finally lost to Michigan. And so, yeah, you can use that as a motivational tactic, as maybe even a scare tactic for some of these guys. Like, hey, you don't want to come back to Columbus after losing again in Ann Arbor for the first time since 2011. And so I just feel like it's naturally going to be talked about differently I just hope that people start focusing on what's one realistic uh, and two um, really just kind of the, the talent level and, and the teams that have been facing each other. I mean, there's not a game outside of like 2016 and maybe a handful of other times 
uh, where Michigan was even favored uh, in the last 20 years. And, and, and some of them that they were, it would have been barely. And so, again, when, when 10 out of 11 were Ohio State victories before Harbaugh, there's obviously a much bigger problem here. And something that Mike Greenberg said uh, today and Get Up, and he has kind of said some of these things since Saturday, uh, is just the fact that it's maybe not a Harbaugh problem, but an expectation problem. Jill Klatt said some very similar things about it's really hard to you know compare where Michigan is under Jim Harbaugh compared to what Ohio State's doing. They're just two programs at two very different levels. And Greeny went as far as saying like this really isn't even a rivalry um, anymore. And on, on paper, yeah, sure. I mean, the last 20 years, again, have been thoroughly dominated by Ohio State. And, and the last few just haven't seemed close outside of 2016, especially the last two, which, I mean, it looks like a, a JV team facing a varsity team. So as long as it's not the Ohio State cares more and as long as it's not the expectation that, hey, um, Jim Harbaugh was going to come in and change, one, everything immediately, or two, just at all, like, sure, we, we were excited about Jim Harbaugh because he was going to come in or supposed to come in uh, and fix some of this, but to think that he would have won the majority of the games against Ohio State at this point, I think is unrealistic. And I feel like the people that seem to be the most angry after a loss to me, at least the people that I know, are the people that are actually the less invest, the least invested, and probably follow along the least. Um, they just see Michigan losing to Ohio State again, and then those are the you know the classic Facebook ranters that you get which, man, I could go off for a whole nother episode on. <laughs> That'd be an interesting scientific study. Maybe we should do that next year. Was Michigan favored in 2016 or 2018? I know they were favored in 2018. I can't remember if they were favored in 2016 or not. It but just yeah, seems unlikely right. were, going on the road. They were They were last year. I think it was, it was close. I mean, there's been a lot of years okay. recently where, I mean, Michigan's gone in undefeated or, I mean, they had the they had the blemish against Iowa going into that that Ohio State um, <clears throat> game. So I would yeah. I would doubt that they'd be the favorite after losing to Iowa, but they would have been before that. And I think that it was kind of that same mentality of you know they lost on the road to Iowa, but no one goes in there and and survives uh, usually, and and they should still be the the better team, maybe talent wise. Okay, so do you think it will take a a worse Michigan team beating a better Ohio State team in order to get this thing flipped around or on the path to being flipped around? Or do we have to wait around until Michigan finally accrues the better team? You know, I think just with how it looks right now and what we can project for the foreseeable future, I'm going to guess it's going to have to be a, a Michigan team that on paper doesn't look like um, they they have an advantage, and now again it might be a, a close. It might be a year where it's like a number three Ohio State against a number ten Michigan, where they're a slight underdog. Um, I mean, it could even be a year like this year where uh, Michigan should get beat, could get beat um, terribly, like they had at Wisconsin, um, but maybe turning it on enough to where they'd have a chance. I think that there was a lot of false hope because of the run Michigan had. And again, a very legitimate run. They beat some talented football teams along the road since the second half of Penn State. I know that Ohio State um, fans now like to make fun of, of that. I saw somebody say, you know, since the second half of the Penn State game, Michigan's allowed 56 points to Ohio State or something humorous like that, uh, at least humorous to them. But Yeah, it's not humorous to me. <laughs> I just feel like, 
I just feel like Michigan's probably going to be the underdog in the foreseeable future. And so, yeah, that's probably where it starts. I'm still in the camp where, I mean, Ryan Day does have a small sample size. I don't think that the the shelves were necessarily as fully stocked as some coaches in, um, in NCAA history, but I mean, he sure walked into a pretty great situation. I mean, I would argue to say that Urban Meyer would be just as successful. I know there's people out there that think that, you know, the, ch- the change of pace, the minimal change of pace um, has allowed the Buckeyes to be more consistent. Um, but, I mean, he has a great gig with some very talented players, and it would take Michigan um, either out recruiting or at least recruiting at a similar level, and then maybe a little bit of luck mixed with just good, clean football um, to beat Ohio State. And then maybe the script flips a little bit. So with the way Michigan played after Penn State, you know, this is the turning point that everyone looks back at. Uh, like you said, a very legitimate run. Uh, you played played well in the second half and then like, you know, went on to, to beat Michigan State and, and played really well on the road against a good Andy, Indiana team. How do we square that with what happened against Ohio State, because now we're looking at a a nine and three Michigan team that finished third again in the Big Ten East, but they did have that little spurt, and this was after things looked hopeless against like Wisconsin and in the first half against Penn State. Where are we landing on that? You know, I think for me, I I'm just going to focus on. The fact that it looked like things could have spiraled out of control, uh, Michigan found a way to turn it on enough, at least to give themselves a nice little streak of games there with some good performances. You saw a lot of Shea Patterson that people had been waiting for. Right now it's time to move on from Shea Patterson, uh, numerous other seniors and, and stars that could uh, very easily declare for the NFL draft uh, forego their senior year. But I would say that where I want to focus is – where Josh Gaddis and the offense started to turn it on. Uh, Ohio State seems like a team that uh, has no trouble scoring points, and it's been that way for quite some time. Uh, And so there's been games in the 40s. There's been games in the 30s. I mean, you could have scored 50 in this game and still lost because you gave up 56. So, yes, um, the defense obviously had some glaring issues, but I think just with how Michigan's played, Jim Harbaugh's won 80% of his games. Sure, he hasn't beaten Ohio State. I think that things are still in a good position, and I would try to draw off what they were doing well before Ohio State. I think it just stinks the way they've lost the last two years. And then, of course, yes, the third in the Big Ten. I think that those are the two things that people remember. Same thing with Ohio State. Maybe you're more remembered for beating Michigan um, than winning a college football playoff game. Uh, but I feel like you've got to focus on what was working um, and, and really kind of look at that separately from Ohio State. And maybe naturally by doing that, you're putting Ohio State at a higher level or a greater level of focus too. But I wonder what the conversation would be if the game was a 38-28 to 28, like I predicted or whatever your score was. It'd still be a loss to Ohio State, but does it look worse because of the way they're losing? You lose by five or you lose by 30. It's a loss, and I think it stings just as much, maybe a little differently, but I don't think um, the, the uh, a change in the score differential will mean that much. So for me, what I'm doing is I'm looking at this season, and I'm saying, uh, 
in the second half of that Penn State game, Josh Gaddis seemed to hit a new level as offensive coordinator and play caller, and that continued more or less through the end of the season. And we'll see what it looks like in the bowl game, of course. But that's a huge positive going into next season because there should not be this long lag and the the long lull in the beginning of the season where you're looking at Michigan's offense and thinking like, what the heck is this? Like nobody knows what's going on. It looks really sloppy. It's not very efficient. They're not scoring points. If that happens next year, you know, we've got a pretty serious problem at uh, with, the, with the play caller. But just based on the way they looked toward the end of the season here, I think that's the thing you got to look at and and say, you know what, there's uh, some positives going into next season with this offense. And if if we had known this would happen, you know, after like the Wisconsin game, would have been like, okay, you know, things won't be so bad after all. So I think uh, Michigan will be in, in pretty good position with that. Yeah, I think that, I don't think anyone should be surprised about a loss to Ohio State again. I think that coming off of the Wisconsin loss, Back in September, end of September, you would expect that game against Ohio State. I think that's where I think the score differential matters. That's the type of loss that you'd expect uh, Michigan to have after losing to Wisconsin the way they did, whereas it's not the type of loss you'd expect after they seem to turn it on for whatever, a six-game stretch, um, six-and-a-half-game stretch. And so I think that that's the only place that the score matters comes into play for me a loss is a loss I think scores are forgotten I will say this year and last year the scores will not be forgotten because that's giving up a ridiculous amount of points at a time where it seems like it's make it or break it against Ohio State for Jim Harbaugh so I think that nationally the score uh, means a little bit more um, in comparison to if they would have lost a close one but I like what were your heads at with the schedule I mean again I, I thought at some point this season that things could go really bad i mean even with the comeback um against penn state you really started worrying about like wow what if they slip up against michigan state um and i feel like uh and, and even Notre dame before that and i feel like once you finally saw some positives i think that josh gaddis will absolutely build off that i think that we're going to be more confident uh in the wolverines offense moving forward uh, which will be a little bit of a change um, from from the years past, we've been really confident about the defense. We don't know what will happen with players on the roster. We don't know what happened with coaches. Obviously, we'll revisit all of those things as they take place. But this year, we kind of had some maybe a little bit of um, too much hope uh, for a Josh Gadsley offense. Uh, we were quickly disappointed uh, when we found out that you know things don't look too hot until the that late season bloom. But I think, yeah, pretty confidently I can say that going into next season, we're going to probably rely and assume that the offense will take care of business. And when the last game of the season comes around, it's just going to be a matter of will they score enough points to beat Ohio State, and then hopefully the defense will, will catch up. Though I will say that both units should be good, and, and I am excited for next season, even though, yeah, you could call this season, I guess, a disappointment. Okay, so really quick before we go, Brett McMurphy tweeted a link to to betonline.org. I do not have any betting knowledge. I don't know how to do it. But uh, this, according to this, Jim Harbaugh is the odds-on favorite at 3-1 at to one to become the next head coach of the Panthers. What do you think? You know, there's that talk every year. I mean, I feel like you had the, 
the scare, the the thought of John Beeline to the Pistons, and the next thing you know, it felt like it was out of the blue. At some point, the narrative gets really old, but I mean, at some point, it could also happen. So, I mean, that could mean as much as that's who they're heavily pursuing and trying to throw an offer that um, he can't refuse. But I mean, I would be shocked. I mean, I'd be disappointed. The one thing that I've kind of kept in the back of my head during all of this, even some of the frustration or at least reading some of the frustration is, I mean, unless you get a home run higher, um, I'm not sure who replaces that. And if you want someone to care more, I don't know who replaces that. Um, it's just, it's going to be hard. I mean, you look at Juwan Howard, I know we'll talk basketball, football, it's kind of taken over because of the, the structure of the season. We're, we're excited to talk about basketball, but there are people that kind of second guessed uh, Juwan Howard. Uh, not second guessed, but I didn't give Juwan Howard any credit and kind of said, you know, he's doesn't have the experience. And at least with how things look now, um, in the early slate, things are looking pretty good. And there's a lot of season and a lot of career for Juwan Howard left, but I don't see the person um, similar to people outside of Juwan Howard for the Michigan basketball job. I don't see people outside of Jim Harbaugh right now that I would even want to see as Michigan's head coach, again, unless somebody left a job to, to come join. So if those odds are correct, I mean, then we'll have to move on, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, uh, moving on here, we'll we'll be talking a lot more basketball. Obviously, the Wolverines are off to a, a fine start under Juwan Howard. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do it at Ty underscore Fenwick, and you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Thanks for listening. Go Blue. Go Blue.